The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta Airlines. This holiday season, Delta will handle 22 million checked bags. They're giving you the power to track your bags every step of the way with RFID technology in the Fly Delta app. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, December 18th. In today's news, two of Michael Flynn's former business partners get indicted. Two advisors to the president privately predict he'll blink on the border wall. And an Iowa lawmaker gets chastised by the Office of Congressional Ethics. But first, the big idea. Republican operatives are testing new strategies for how President Trump should present himself to voters as he seeks re-election. One polling effort is intended to test messages and policy initiatives for the next State of the Union address in January and the coming year, while providing a better understanding of what worked and what didn't in the midterm elections. Other Republican-aligned research projects are planning to decode the 2018 results in an effort to reclaim some of the voters Trump will need to win re-election. The research will test the appeal of crossover issues that Trump could choose to champion in swing states among voters the GOP has been losing. Issues including controlling the cost of prescription drugs, dealing with student loan costs, and tackling the opioid crisis. The Republican National Committee has launched its own data analysis of the 2018 results. A second effort is affiliated with America First Action, a super PAC that spent more than $30 million in this year's elections, largely in states that are expected to again be battlegrounds in 2020. And a third effort by another outside group that supported Trump's 2016 campaign will focus on decoding the sentiments of counties in the Midwest that voted for Barack Obama in 2008 and then Trump in 2016. In many of those places, Democrats won in 2018. My colleague Michael Scherer reports that the Trump re-election campaign has also been conducting exit interviews with Republican officials and campaign staffers who were involved in key midterm races. The campaign is planning to make some big hires early in the new year, and these are essentially job interviews. The polling to identify issues that can cross an increasingly polarized partisan divide is a typical step for a White House at this point in the first term. Ironically, Republicans now speak with deep admiration of Obama's similar early research ahead of 2012 in swing states, which he used to identify messages and policies that would help him win. In Trump's re-election campaign, the political effort is being helmed by Bill Stepien, the recently departed White House political director who oversaw Trump's travel schedule and some of his messaging ahead of the midterms this fall. Justin Clark, the White House Director of Public Liaison, who's in charge of outreach efforts, has also moved over full-time to focus on the campaign. Both previously worked as top advisors to former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, two of Michael Flynn's business associates were indicted for acting as agents of the Turkish government. Throughout the fall of 2016, while Flynn served publicly as a top surrogate and foreign policy advisor to Trump's presidential campaign, federal prosecutors say he and his business partner, Bian Kin, took hundreds of thousands of dollars from the Turkish government to push for the extradition from the United States of dissident cleric Fethullah Gulen. Their efforts, prosecutors say, were directed by a Turkish businessman with close ties to that country's leadership. Flynn, who went on to serve as Trump's national security advisor, admitted last year to lying about his consulting firm's business with the Turkish government. As part of his plea deal, he agreed to cooperate with special counsel Bob Mueller. That almost certainly helped produce the charges against his two associates. 
but the indictment spells out for the first time just how intimately Flynn was involved in the effort, which included weekly conference calls with Turkish government officials to coordinate. The indictment is further evidence that the idea Flynn was just some guy going about his own business who waltzed into some kind of FBI trap is just fanciful. The indictment lays out a kickback scheme that made it seem as if the Turkish businessman was the Flynn Intel Group's client, when in fact, it was the Turkish government who was the client. The indictment says Flynn and his former partner met with high-level Turkish government officials in New York in September 2016 about the effort, despite Flynn having said that it was just to learn background information about the country. Ahead of Flynn's sentencing today, Mueller released the January 2017 memo that detailed the interview that he gave to FBI agents when he was National Security Advisor. During the sit-down described in the memo, Flynn lied about his contact during the presidential transition with then-Russian ambassador to the U.S., Sergei Kislyak. Flynn told the agents that, quote, no, he had not sought to influence Russia's vote on a U.N. Security Council resolution about Israeli settlements. But investigators already knew when they went to talk to him that Flynn had called and asked Russia to vote against or delay the resolution. Flynn's second lie, documented in the contemporaneous FBI memo, was about the U.S. expulsion of Russian diplomats and closing Russian properties following the Kremlin's interference in our election. FBI agents asked Flynn if he had encouraged Kislyak not to retaliate. The memo says Flynn responded that he did not but the FBI knew from intercepts that Flynn had asked Russia on the call not to escalate its response. Number two, Republican leaders struggled Monday to convince Trump to strike a deal with congressional Democrats over border wall funding to avert a partial government shutdown at the end of the week. Over at the White House, Trump has remained disinclined to support even stopgap measures that would keep federal government operations running for a week or two. He's been told by his closest advisors that he would have even less leverage when Democrats take control of the House next month. Trump is also bolstered by support of rank-and-file Border Patrol agents, whose union leader told the president during a recent conversation in the Oval Office that they would back a shutdown if the dispute came to that point. That has left Republican lawmakers eager to avoid a shutdown, unsure whether Trump would ultimately come around to at least one option that would end the impasse before Friday. Without a resolution that the president could sign before midnight on Friday, roughly 800,000 federal workers will be furloughed or forced to work without pay in a partial shutdown that Trump has already publicly and proudly claimed as his own. Yet in private, here's the thing, Trump has told several people around him that he's frustrated that he doesn't have very much leverage in this fight. Two presidential advisors tell us privately that a shutdown is unlikely because there's no way the president politically could come out on top. They both predict their boss will blink before the end of the week. Another factor, Trump wants to get away to Mar-a-Lago, and he's sensitive to the optics of golfing at his resort if the government is shut down over Christmas. Number three, the nonpartisan Office of Congressional Ethics announced that there is substantial reason to believe that outgoing Representative Rod Blum, a Republican from Iowa, misused House resources to support his personal business held back material information about his financial stake in a company and allowed that company to engage in a, quote, unfair or deceptive trade practice in order to solicit customers. But here's the thing. Blum won't face formal sanctions because he lost re-election last month and the Ethics Committee will no longer have jurisdiction come January. This investigation began in March after the Associated Press reported that Blum violated House ethics rules by failing to disclose his ties to a company called Tin Moon, It promises to help clients bury unflattering information in their internet search results. 
the Office of Congressional Ethics found that Blum did not include his financial stake in Tin Moon on his disclosure forms, and that when he amended the forms after getting questions from the Associated Press, he probably underestimated his interest in the business. Blum's called the omission a minor oversight and downplayed his role in the company, describing himself as a, quote, $700 passive investor. But that's not true. The company website identified him as the CEO and included his official congressional photo on its website until the AP published its story. And a video testimonial that appeared on the website in 2016 featured Blum's then district director, John Fairland, pretending to be a small business owner as he encouraged people to use the company. Fairland subsequently got promoted after recording that phony video. He's now Blum's chief of staff, and he did not respond to our requests for comment. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, December 18th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.